they broke into the mall for the wildest all-night party of their lives. It's dead meat. But you're never alone in the chopping mall. What's that? Robot life. Shopping costs you an arm and a leg. to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and on podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Naming Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themainnaming.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themainnaming. We are also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going, everyone? I feel like that I got cheated out of both in the area I live in and the time I grew up in that I didn't get to experience mall, like the stereotypical mall. Mall's a scene, man. You got to grow up in Jersey. Got plenty of them. It was awesome. It's a place to be. Spent every weekend at the the Freehold Mall Mm -hmm. for a long ass time. That's a good mall, too. It is a very good mall. You'll know the difference. If you don't, if you don't grow up with a mall, you, Sometimes you might not be able to tell the difference between a good mall and a bad mall. No, yeah. Freehold Freehold Mall is choice mall. Yeah. Not like it's, Ocean County Mall, which is like C grade mall. Yeah, they they're a wannabe mall. Yeah. It, it's not yeah, they have a lot of catching up to do. They they're posers. Mm-hmm. Freehold sure. Mall, that's the good shit. Cherry Hill Mall's not bad. You know what? I I expected better. I expected Freehold better. Mall. Like Freehold Mall warps your your, it does. your idea of it. Yeah, yeah it really does. It, it's got a fantastic food court. It, it's got every shop you need. It's huge. It is. It's very big. It's got the AMC that's like right outside there. Mm-hmm. It, Barnes and Noble across yep. the Cross Route 9. Yeah, Chili's. <laughs> Chili's, right next to classic it. Chili's right there. Yeah. So uh, a racetrack if you want to go bet on some horses. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's got everything. Yeah, the, the, so, closest, the closest mall to me was Deptford, and I was not able to drive over the bridge as a teenager every day. I guess the the whole point of this story was that, yeah, you missed out, Mark, like yeah. big time. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. just not living in Central Jersey with yeah. access to the Freehold Mall specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Sorry, everybody that had didn't grow up with a, ra- a freehold mall, you missed out. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it's when you enter Central Jersey. It says home of the free uh, freehold mall, and that's <laughs> its claim to fame. There's nothing else yeah. that goes on in Central Jersey. Yeah. But before we get into the reason why we're talking about malls, gentlemen, what did you watch this week? I watched I watched a couple things on Netflix. I watched the Masters of the Universe Revelation. I watched four episodes of that. Okay. It's okay. It's fine. It's not, you know, it's not for me anymore. I'm not a kid, but voice acting was well done. 
Animation is crisp. I grew out of He-Man and all that a long time ago, but I, I just wanted to see what all the all the hubbub was. But mm-hmm. it, so far, it's okay. I, I don't I don't love it. I don't hate it. And then I watched a horror movie on Netflix called Blood Red Sky, okay. which I did enjoy. It it had a very Train to Busan kind of feel to it. It's German. It's German and English. I believe the main characters are German. So it, there are subtitles, unfortunately, for those of you who may not enjoy them. But it, it really doesn't take away from it. It's very good. It's a it's a good horror movie. It's, it's a self-contained type of movie. They're in they're on an airplane. There's a vampire. There's terrorists. It lends itself to a whole lot of gory moments, and it's it, it's very intense. I I would recommend it. Like I said, if you enjoy Train to Busan, I I think this would be up your alley. Okay, great. Mark, what about you? Haven't done much in terms of movies and stuff. Uh, my week has been consumed with the 2020 slash 21 Olympics. For those of you that don't know, my setup here, I have a TV plus like three monitors. So using NBC streaming tools, being able to watch four Olympic sports at once is this Olympic nerd's dream come true to be able to watch judo and water polo at the same time um, is fun. And also, uh, next time we get all together, I need to uh, speak to your wife about what exactly dressage is, because I watched some horse dancing and I couldn't understand how you judge it. So <laughs> it's all subjective. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't even know if she knows dressage because yeah. she doesn't do dressage. Yeah. Just fancy horse dancing. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so, that's that's the. So the Olympics are kind of showing like low ratings, and it's even lower because you're accounting for four people, right? Four people watching the Olympics is, yes. is just Mark. <laughs> just me. Four of them is me, and I don't even know if I watch the actual team. I just watch the. Uh, I get like the world feed because I get the British announcers okay. um, that that because it's not the official like it's NBC, but it's not like the channels that are on TV. Mm-hmm. Like it's the streams and they all broadcast gotcha. like the world feed, which mm-hmm. I find better um, in some instances. How unpatriotic of you. Yeah. And also <laughs> I watch the events when they're live, which means the middle of the night or six in the morning. So why don't you, why don't you kneel during the uh, national anthem, too, while you're I at it every time? Yeah. It gets tiring after a while. We've won like ten gold medals, so. Jeez. <laughs> Are we? I think last I looked, I think we were. Well, we, uh, the U.S. was still behind, right? I think total medals we might be, but I know I think we had the most gold. Gotcha. But hmm. yeah, we yeah we lost one we should have had. We lost in softball, so. That's yeah. an Olympic but, sport. Yeah. Jeez, I am so far behind. I I yes, don't they, pay attention uh, to do it. So you might not know they have three on three basketball now. They have rock climbing, the sport. There is basically X Games, like skateboard, like mm-hmm. skate park. That's that's an Olympic sport now. And um, coming in 2024 in Paris is breakdancing. Nice. So we don't go for that. Is this the first year that baseball and softball have been back for some time? Yeah. Because it went away for a while. They didn't have them last time. Yeah. I don't know if it, was, it wasn't in London either, but I know it yeah. wasn't in Rio, so. Real quick, we're... We have the most medals at 25. Oh, okay. Japan has the most gold at 10. Okay. Mm, very convenient for the host o- city. Host nation always finishes like in the top three. Well, Japan's also pretty good at <laughs> something. <laughs> well, it, yeah, not not to dive into Olympic nerdery, but the reason that usually happens because the host nation is gets a free competitor in each and every sport. Like yeah. they don't have to qualify. So, gotcha. you know. Okay. 
Well, I haven't watched a single thing in the Olympics this year. And it probably is consistent with how I've watched the Olympics several Olympics ago. But I did watch Spurned by Mark's almost choice from last week's pick, and I probably should have let him pick it. I watched The Mask of Zorro starring Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones this week. For the first time in probably 20 years. And what a delightful movie. It's, it's fun, just right? It's just fun. Yeah. Mark, it, I was right to not let you pick it, but at the same time, I should have let you pick it. <laughs> what a fun time I had. I was also in a hot tub and day drunk, but I had a great time with it. <laughs> I, I think that makes you a little biased, right? Because like, the surroundings. I could have I watched Jupiter Ascending, and I would have had a good time in that, exactly. in that setting. Yeah, you you you're just in that perfect setting where anything yeah anything goes. I was two 16 ounce beers in, feeling good. It's in a hot tub at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. Just have just living life, living my best life. That yeah, that qualifies as living your best life for sure. Mm-hmm. But and, and Anthony Hopkins is great in it. Oh, yeah. Catherine Zeta Jones is like otherworldly hot in it. So is Antonio Banderas. I. I think Catherine Zeta-Jones kind of coasted off of that. Like she was, you know, she was in another stratosphere, yeah, and then she, she just kind of rode that. Yeah, entrapment. Entrapment. Yeah. She like she double. She back to back. You know, is that with Clooney? No, that's that's with uh, Sean Connery. Connery. That's the one where she's going under the the wa- the uh, the lasers or the infrared like, lasers. <laughs> and just her ass is just on display in that whole scene. I never saw that. All right. So you, you, you're probably correct there. But I just remember I saw Mask of Zorro, or uh, just Zorro. And it was Mask of Zorro. It was Mask of Zorro, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, and just, oh, man, I had an epiphany. I was like, man, I, I, I love this woman. This Something deep inside me. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. She was great. Anthony Hopkins. I almost said Anthony Mackie. Totally different person. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, great. Antonio Banderas. He's he's kind of have, having a little bit of a resurgence. Yeah. What was he in recently? Uh, was a priest or something like that? Was he? Uh, he he was nominated for an Oscar last year, was he not? I have no idea. Yeah, I thought he I thought he was. So when you were watching Catherine Zeta Jones, then then five minutes later when Antonio Banderas showed up, were you equally as wowed by him? I like I I think I said last now. episode. As, like I said last episode, I might not be bisexual, but like I get it watching yeah. those two. When when two people of that caliber of attractiveness are in a movie, they should be forced to procreate. It's <laughs> like, oh well, sorry guys, you have to have a kid now because we can't we can't waste this opportunity of you two being in the same vicinity together. Like we need to produce the hottest person ever created, like right now. Yeah. I, oh, he I, he was in the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. That's the movie that he was in recently. And he, but he was not nominated for that. I think uh, it's called Pain and Glory. So uh, he received it was his first ever Academy Award nomination for Salvador Malo. There you go. He's also yes. he's also in the Uncharted movie coming up in post production. He's also got new Puss in Boots sequel as well as he's in the untitled indiana jones project so he's got right, stuff yeah. coming out. he, he uh, was yeah, just yeah. announced so, sounds so like he's got a great 2022 we're, we're in the middle of the badera sounds right? <laughs> i bet you it sounds better if you tried to do that in spanish yeah, yeah. <laughs> it also sounded better the six times i was practicing it before actually saying it <laughs> i 
But I, again, when I first saw saw that movie, you know, I was I was young and I I definitely I, I wasn't as open minded as I am now. But uh, yeah, I, I wasn't attracted to Antonio Banderas. But now <laughs> it's just like I'm comfortable in myself and say like, yeah, he he looks very good in that movie. Yeah, but, it's like probably not. But there would be that moment of just like, well, maybe. Well, because he would be <laughs> he would be so tender. And and yeah. he would just whisper those those Spanish words into your ears, and you would you would melt. You would just melt into Antonio Banderas. Right, and especially if it like if it comes with a tag team of Catherine Zeta Jones. It's like yeah. these two approach you. It's like, hey, you want to have a three way? It's like, how do you say no to that? You don't. You don't. Like, you can't. Yeah. It's like, when am I ever going to get this opportunity ever again? Right. <laughs> it wouldn't even just be for the uh, the story. I think that would yeah. just be a, a very good time. It I might was, be the I, highlight of your life. Yeah, I'd really. be honored. If... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all. I think anybody would be honored, right? Yeah. Just, I mean, you have sure you bring. Yourself. Sure, you personally bring down that average to like a cool six and a half. But <laughs> I go. Low. But I mean, I mean, us everybody in general, basically. <laughs> no, it's uh. Yeah, they they were just and that that sword fight scene when he essentially strips her with his sword yeah. i i mean come on man that's just like i remember everyone talked about how awesome that scene was and yeah you know it it definitely was yep it's a it's a fun movie if you haven't seen it in 20 years subprime i suggest it it's a great time yeah. but that's all i watched this week so we're gonna take a quick break and you guys are gonna listen to some ads and we're gonna pay some bills so we'll be right back and welcome back now it's time to get into this week's movie and this week was my pick, and I wanted to go with something safe. So I've seen this movie before, and after Jupiter Ascending, I think we needed to restart our engines. So I went with the cult classic horror film from 1986 known as Chopping Mall. Gentlemen, where are you coming from with Chopping Mall? I could have sworn that we had covered this for some reason, because this is right up our alley. I've seen it once. This is my second time seeing it, and... I, I love it. It's it's such a good campy 80s horror film. It's got Dick Miller in it, so you know you're in good hands when Dick Miller shows up in your horror movie. What a Barbara Crampton is in it. She's always a delight. Man, it, this movie. You know what I was I was watching this and I kept thinking to myself, you know what this movie needs? This movie needs like RoboCop. <laughs> there needs to be a, a chopping mall RoboCop crossover. Sure. Where, yeah. where RoboCop kind of gets demoted to mall security. <laughs> I actually have a question here related to that, so I'll ask it now. Is this is this A the best remake of Dawn of the Dead? B the best prequel to the Terminator? Or C the best sequel to Robocop? <laughs> I get I gotta go Robocop, right? <laughs> I guess D all of the above. Oh, yeah. I, I did I did have in my mind saying like I kept thinking this is the perfect acronym for how humans are, man. <laughs> We're just so robotic in our our shopping malls. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Mark? Where you come from? Yeah. So I was pleasantly surprised. Usually, when you pick these campy horror movies, uh, I know I'm in for a good time. Uh, and also, about a quarter of the way through the movie, and I realized that a couple of the actresses—well, not—we knew Barbara Crampton was in it beforehand. Like, was in one of my favorite movies that you introduced me to, Night of the Comet was in this movie as well. I was like, okay, I think I know what type of movie I'm in for. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. As the opening conversation alluded to, the 
the aesthetic of 80s malls makes me feel like I missed out on something. Because between this and Fast Times at Ridgemont High mall scenes, the beginning of this, the way they set it up, kind of reminded me a little bit of the introduction to the uh, dating show in Mall Rats. Okay. Like how it's in the center of the mall and, you know, the they're doing all that. I was, for some reason in my head, I'm like, is this something that happened a lot at malls? Or did Kevin Smith take some inspiration from this, you know, to this opening scene? Which either way could be true. But I think my favorite part of the watching through this was being reminded that there was once a thing known as cigarette vending machines. Mm-hmm. And the fact of I laughed out loud when the guy goes, oh, man, a buck and a quarter. <laughs> Those are outrageous prices, man. Outrageous. Oh, man, who carries five quarters with them? Um, yeah, so, but, and, and we'll get to it a little bit later, but this was the first time in a while with horror movies with you guys where I immediately completely turned on one of our characters and, and was very happy when they died. Was it the guy that would never stop chewing gum? He was number one, but <laughs> that was from the beginning. Like, that was, I'm like, that's the guy that's got to die. Like, he's the most <laughs> annoying one. I know what these movies are like. I got it. But no, from the vent scene forward, I wanted Barbara Crampton to die. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. Oh, you can't say that. She's a national treasure. As, uh, well, her character, whatever her character's <laughs> name was. Because as soon as she started going, like, I didn't understand why they, like, was the vent starting to get hot? Is that when it started yes. walking on their sleeves? Yes, uh, the computers were turning it up because they knew, they knew that they were in the uh, the vents. So turning on the heat. I, I would have been fine if, like, her full motivation was to get out of there because of the heat. But then she started yelling, I think he needs help. What if he needs help? He can't survive without me. What if it... <laughs> I don't know. I completely turned on her and that thing. and. And was and was very pleasantly surprised, uh, happy. I was like, all right, good. She's out of there. <laughs> yeah, I've seen this once before. We covered it on 31 Days of Horror a couple of years, a few years ago. I love this movie. It's so much fun. The music is great. I went, looked up the, the vinyl on Waxwork Records. Luckily, it was sold out because I totally would have bought it right there. The kills are great. There's a head explosion scene, which is fantastic. Because who doesn't love seeing a good head explosion scene? It's a simple story. It's campy as fuck. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's what a great time this movie is. It's less than, it's less than 80 minutes long, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think it's like 75 minutes long. It, it doesn't wear it. It's welcome. This was such a nice palate cleanser from, from Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, I had a great time. This is exactly what I wanted for my pick this week. It was just something that was nice and easy, you know. And uh, yeah. a question for you guys as mall aficionados. Did the malls all have space-like doors that locked the mall shut at the end of each night? <laughs> uh, you know, I never got locked in the Freehold Raceway Mall, so I have no idea. Uh, they did not. They did not have a sporting goods store with guns. I, the, for some reason, the the store that stuck out to me was uh, uh, the Almond World, <laughs> <laughs> a world of almonds. <laughs> like, yeah, how, was that a thing? Yeah, I mean, they just sell almonds, or is like sell right. other nuts too. Yeah, I would hope so, or else that you know. Well, well, man, I really need some almonds. Well, I got the perfect place for you, man. <laughs> Step on in. You guys sell also sell walnuts? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. <laughs> what the fuck do we look like? <laughs> to say say walnut world asshole? 
<laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's you know, Stranger Things has the the whole uh, third season is set in the mall. Yeah, uh, this mall felt more realistic mm-hmm. than Stranger Things version of Starcourt. Uh, this felt a little bit more realistic. I, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. The the, the team, the, the characters are all they all serve their purpose. It's I, I still feel bad for Barbara Crampton because she just keeps like getting naked for like weird dudes. <laughs> yeah. He, I, I, while I was watching the movie, uh, my wife was getting ready for uh, her stream, and this and the part comes on when Barbara Crampton and this guy are are making out. They're getting ready to fuck. And he goes, you smell like pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my wife oh, just goes, great. my wife just goes, that's so sexy. <laughs> did, did she stay there for the second half of the line? Oh, yeah. She she heard the or whole he thing. He well, I love pepperoni. Yeah, and he's so <laughs> creepy with his delivery. Yes. Wait a minute. I love pepperoni. <laughs> Yeah, oh God, sounds, that's even worse. He sounds like uh, the guy at the beginning of Night of the Cre- uh, Night of the Living Dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> yeah, he it's sounds like, oh, I love pepperoni. Like he's gonna it sounds like he's gonna eat her, <laughs> and not I'm, sexually. Nothing, man. That that's got to be like instant dry spell right there. <laughs> I love pepperoni. Done. Yep. Night's <laughs> over. <laughs> Time to go home. Yep. Eh, this movie's great. So Chopping Mall, directed by Jim Wynorski, who has a similar kind of career to another director we covered, Fred Olin Ray, where he does a whole bunch of B-movies as well as family directed videos as well as our favorite softcore parody films. So he's got Death Stalker 2, Munchie, 976 Evil 2, Busty Cops 2, Cleavage Field, The Hills Have Thighs, and A Dog on Christmas. Wait, is Cleavage Field supposed to be Cloverfield? Yes, it is. Oh, wow. <laughs> so now I'm just picturing a giant busty woman terrorizing New York. <laughs> I was picturing a disembodied bust. That'd be even better. <laughs> just it throwing stars. around the monument. Yeah, it stars Kelly Maroney, Tony O'Dell, Russell Todd, Carrie Emerson, Barbara Crampton, Nick Siegel, John Terleski, Susie Slater, Paul Bartell, Maria Waranov, Dick Miller, and Garrett Graham. Has an IMDb score of 5.6 and a Rotten Tomato score of 50%. Budget $800,000, and there was no box office numbers to be had. But this is a great one. Yeah, I can't really say anything more besides that it's great. Was the guy from Gremlins in this in anything else, or is it just Gremlins that I recognize them from? The janitor. Yeah, that's He's Dick Miller. He was in he was in the Burbs. He was in Night of, the, okay. Night, Night of the Creeps. Terminator. Yeah, Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Miller. I think he was also in. Uh, he was in a movie with Tom Atkins. It, oh, uh, Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps. Yep. Yeah. He was like in the original Little Shop of Horrors from like the fifties. Yeah. He he's a like an eighties horror staple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the so, only thing that was coming to mind was Gremlins when I saw him. But I'm like, I know I've seen him in other stuff. Yeah. You know. I think this this was a Roger Corman production. And I think he, Dick Miller, was a, a favorite of, of Roger Corman. So yeah, he, that makes sense. He shows up in a lot of that stuff. Yeah. You guys want to get in the plot? I got, I got no reason not to. Yeah. All right. Dan, what do you got for us this week? All right. So, as always, Tia 
Brittany, you know them, you love them. Their podcast, Top 10 with Tia, they get together every week and they talk about top 10 lists. So go check them out uh, at TC underscore Stark. She will post where you can listen to it. You could also go to Geek Vibes Nation, I believe, and it's there. She is also the head writer for Geek Vibes Nation. So she does a lot of uh, uh, movie reviews, TV reviews, and just all the stuff that's going on in pop culture. She's writing about it. She's awesome. Good friend of the podcast. Check her out. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to listen to some messages from Friends of the Podcast. And we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back now it's time to get into the plot for chopping mall we open on some punk breaking the window of a mall jewelry store he pockets a whole bunch of merchandise into his sweatshirt and walks off as he goes to make his exit a robot comes around the corner and tells him to surrender his weapon he shoots at it a few times and when that doesn't work he decides to run for it Robot chases after him as he continues to shoot at it through the mall. Eventually, the robot tases him. And then the end comes up on screen, and we realize this is some sort of promotional video for Secure-Tronics Unlimited. And there's some sort of presentation going on in the middle of a mall. There's a woman addresses the crowd who is sitting in the presentation and introduces Dr. Stan Simon, who unveils the company's protector robots. I kind of wanted this doctor's name to be some kind of like pun or something mm-hmm. like uh, Dr. Acula or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I was when I remember the first time watching this movie and I, and sub, uh, subsequently this one, the, the couple that are in the, the front of the, uh, I, I guess the crowd. Yep. And they're just making these really weird off-putting comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're talking about the robots, the, the the wife goes, "They look like the Three Stooges. They're just they're they're metal robots. They look nothing <laughs> like anything." Yes. And the, the husband says one of them looks vaguely ethnic. Oh, yeah. The 80s, man. What is ethnic? What about a silver robot is ethnic looking? Mm-hmm. So these two people are Mary Warrenov and Paul Bartel are the actors. They played the same characters in the film Eating Raoul which is a black comedy written and directed by Paul Bartel himself. I don't know what the connection is otherwise, but they're playing the same characters from that film. They also, they, so in that movie, they have a restaurant and they mention how they might use, they might be able to use one of those robots for their restaurant. To get rid of undesirable people. Yeah. So ethnic people. 
I mean, maybe Raul was ethnic. I guess it's just, it's such a weird. Th- you don't need to have them in the movie. It's a very weird reference that nobody would get. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's so it's it's. I mean, maybe Eating Raul was another Roger Corman movie, or maybe Jim Wynorski uh, helped with that, or maybe they're just friends with Paul Bartel. You know, Paul Paul Bartel and Jim Wynorski might be friends, and they're just like, oh, you know, come come here play this play this role for a day you get a day rate and we'll yeah. we'll make a reference to your movie you know that's probably what it was but it seems to lean heavy on that reference like you're supposed to, like it feels like you're supposed to know who these people are and who they're yeah. playing it was like well sure really eating our rule became that classic film that everybody uh everybody knows yeah that that movie sounds like a real film snob kind of movie <laughs> like oh you've never seen eating raul oh man well what do you know about cinema? <laughs> I'm sure Martin Scorsese knows Eating Raul. Oh, that's he learned that he he learned so much from Eating Raul. <laughs> that he got his signature uh, his signature <laughs> movie style. <laughs> so Doctor Simon tells the crowd that the robots are programmed to detain intruders using a number of subduing actions and are wired to notify the police once the intruder is apprehended. He also demonstrates the name badges that workers at the mall will have on them so they can work without the protectors thinking that they are intruders. And then credits, as we get some establishing shots of the mall with some excellent synth music playing. It goes on for quite a long time as we get the whole, basically the entire layout of this mall. We see all the shops until we eventually settle on a restaurant as Allison and Susie, our waitresses, talk about a party that Allison is unsure she wants to go to because she doesn't know anyone. Yeah, is it anywhere in the trivia, and it might just be me having not seen Fast Times in a while, could this possibly be the same pizza parlor as Fast Times? I did not see if that was true. I believe this is the same mall from Commando. Okay. That's all I remember. I haven't seen Commando in a while either to know if I am making the connection for that movie. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. It just looks very familiar. Or maybe a lot of those malls had that type of pizza shop in California because I'm assuming it was filmed in California yes. in the in the 80s. Yes. We also talk about a sleazy reg- regular patron to the restaurant that tends to get grabby with the waitresses. And we cut to the control room for the mall that houses the protector robots. Control room gets struck by lightning while one watchman looks over the robots. And he starts looking at some porn, and then the robots come to life and strangle the Watchmen. There's one the thing about the Watchmen. <laughs> There's one thing about the, that kind of confused me. There's zero way these robots should be able to sneak up on anybody. <laughs> yeah, they're very, they're very stealthy. They are. Yeah, they they show up out of nowhere, <laughs> and in the the. The introduction of these robots, they are super fucking loud. They they basically run on tank treads. Yeah. And they make clanking sounds with their little, uh, you know, their their grabby hands. Their mm. what what were those things called? It, it, it is basically like a grabber on a stick. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like and Mr. You, grabber. Yeah, Mr. Grabber. Like <laughs> these things are just nothing but a cacophony of noise but they always seem to get the drop on our our characters <laughs> yeah they're stealthy when they need to be right yeah i don't I, do they have it would be cool if they mentioned oh they have a stealth mode right and they should always have it should always be on right <laughs> right right to sneak up on the the, the bad guys mm-hmm. 
At the furniture store, Nerdy Ferdy has apparently been convinced to let Brennan and Greg, two other employees at the furniture store, throw a party at the store after hours uh, with beer and girls. And Brennan's gum, apparently. (laughs) Ferdy, by the way, is the owner's uncle. And apparently... Susie is bringing along her friend Allison specifically so Allison and Ferdy can meet because they're both single. Outside, somewhere on the way to the mall, a husband and wife mechanic team have to service their own truck as they plan to head to the party at the furniture store. And they do. And the mall starts to close as Brennan, still chewing that gum, cops a feel on his girlfriend Leslie as she works at a clothing store. The mechanic people, Mm. did they mention something in the car that they own the furniture store or no they they started the mechanic business oh okay okay it confused me a little bit no no no. the owner of the store is ferdy's uncle got it question for you guys would you party in an empty mall yeah probably it it seems like the best place to do it right or or 80s mall At, at any point in your life yeah yeah why not that's as good as good of a place to party as any you're still partying right I agree. I, I don't think I, I think we need to see more of that in film yeah. and TV because that is the best place to party. I think you have I, everything around you. I wouldn't throw a party at a furniture store. But if you said, dude, party's going down at the furniture store, go bring a sleeping bag. We're going to party sleepies all night long or mattress <laughs> firm, I guess, is what it is now. Um, yeah, and then I try and figure out if mattress firm is still is actually a front for launder m- money laundering. Yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> definitely a, like a crystal meth operation going on at the back. Yeah, I mean I'm not going to be too picky of where a party takes place as long as we're partying down. That would be a great twist of this movie, right? There's actually the, the guy who owns the mattress place or the uh, the furniture store is laundering money through there, <laughs> and the protectors turn out to be the good guys all along <laughs> yeah yeah i mean as long and like i hope everybody's just having sex about 10 feet away from each other that was kind of awkward <laughs> they're very comfortable with themselves yeah right i mean brendan is just going to town on his girlfriend who yes. is, is very <laughs> vocal about it which you feel like he's not the king <laughs> right if you if you need to yell at the top of your lungs I feel like right, she's just kind of boosting his ego. Yeah. At least like that's how it's explained to me. She wants to encourage the effort, right? Exactly. Or she's just like, finish already. Yeah. <laughs> he talks about the party, which almost blows it, as Leslie's dad is the owner of the store and overhears them talking, but they come up with a cover and leaves. Then Allison and Susie talk at the mall's locker room, which I'm not sure is a thing. And Allison gets permission to go to a party from her dad. And so Susie tells Allison that Ferdy, the guy she's being set up with, has a great personality. Back at the control room, another robotics employee comes in trying to find the other guy, but can't. So he eats his food and then sits down to read. Then, after a phone call by someone looking for the first guy, the robot attacks this guy, too, and kill him. And the furniture store party is now in full swing. Mechanic couple are there along with Leslie, Allison, and Susie. Susie has some pretty amazing dance moves, which I made sure to notice. Everyone is paired up except for Ferdy and Allison. Ferdy spends way too much time in front of the mirror in the bathroom until Susie and, and Greg drag him out to introduce him to Allison. Both of which exchange awkward highs, and then Susie and Greg start making out and leave. One of the protector bots is patrolling the mall, currently functioning as it's supposed to. And later on, the party has now devolved into the couples fucking on the furniture. 
as Ferdy and Allison watch old monster movies on a small TV no more than 10 feet away. Everyone's about 10 feet away from each other at this moment, and Ferdy offers to take Allison home, but she says she wants to stay a little while longer, and they make out. Yeah, I I feel like maybe maybe I just wasn't cool enough growing up, but I don't know if I've ever been in a situation where I am chill about sitting on a couch and two other couples are having sex 15 feet away from me. And you gotta you gotta loosen up a little bit, brah. I I have seen that happen. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I wasn't that bothered by it. <laughs> but that's just me, I think. And there you go. I'm definitely kind of I'm kind of weird when it comes to that stuff. But uh, yeah, Dan yeah. Dan take. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, it's. I was like, I didn't want to be that guy. They were very nice. They asked me if they could know their their thing, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to be that guy to tell my buddy no. <laughs> Well, well, I'm just, saying that you know. more, I wouldn't be upset, but I wouldn't be like Ferdy and Allison here. I'd just be like, you know what, guys, we're going to go, uh, we're going to check out the video store yeah. <laughs> down the street. You guys right. do what you have to do. We'll be back. There is an entire mall where these two could just be like, hey, you want to go for a walk for a little bit? <laughs> yeah. 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 Get to know each other. Yeah. I could be to... as chill as they were on that couch watching a movie. Go to the World of Almonds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ferdy's probably got a nut allergy. Who yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, man, that that would be a great line. I wish I could have heard that. Because then it <laughs> it just like totally it it really drives home the the world of almonds. <laughs> I, it, I I actually I don't know if that was that a real store. I feel like it was right. I don't know. I, I don't know. A lot of other there's McDonald's there. Yeah. I think there's what was the one the one kiosk? It, it did it have Sony products or what? Oh, Casio. It had Casio. Mm-hmm. So they had legit stuff there. Maybe it's real. I, don't know. I mean, it was a working mall. Right. What That's if, like, what I'm thinking. What if like one of the protector bots like picked up Ferdy and just tossed him into Wald World of Nuts or whatever it was called, and he had that allergy just swelled up? Yeah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> That'd be so good. He swelled up like the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> Starts Just, clawing at Allison. Kill yeah. me. <laughs> he doesn't have his EpiPen. Sadly enough, there does not seem to be a world of almonds on Google as an actual business. I feel like it's like an Orange Julius. I know they're out there, but I've never seen one. Right. Out in the mall, Dick Miller shows up as a janitor, a very surly janitor at that. He gets hassled by some of the more shiftless janitors as he's working his ass off, and they're just having some beers. They leave, and then a protector bot comes over and knocks uh, Dick Miller's mop bucket over, starts cursing out the bot, which then shoots out an electrical wire onto the wet floor and then uses it to electrocute Dick Miller. Then he's dead. Then he tells him to... Then he tells him to have a nice day for his troubles. I, I was really hoping that Dick Miller was going to have more of a role. But he, yeah. he dies semi-quickly in a lot of the movies he's in. <laughs> yeah. Terminator. Yeah, he just gets blown away by Arnold. <laughs> hey, you can't put the, the ammo in boom. And then one of the greatest cuts of all time, as Brennan says, smoking kills as we get a close-up of Dick Miller's smoldering corpse. <laughs> and Brennan and Leslie have just finished doing the deed. Brennan still with gum in his mouth. Oh yeah, man! It it reminded me of when we uh, we're gonna peel the onion back here a little bit. We had a sketch comedy group that we did for a little while uh, called Shoot the Glass Picks. You can search it on YouTube, listener. But uh, we had a we had a sketch where I played David Lee Roth, 
and I'm just constantly chewing gum and I have a shit eating grin on my face. I just kept <laughs> thinking of me in a blonde wig <laughs> as David Lee Roth. Like that's how I probably looked like an asshole. Yeah. Now officially you were covered David Lee Roth. I was covered David Lee Roth. Yes, I did I was not actual David right. Lee. But wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I, I broke uh, kayfabe there. It's real so. to me, damn it. <laughs> now Leslie is looking for a post-coital cigarette, and she's not satisfied with camels, which the boss apparently keeps somewhere in his desk. Leslie sends Brennan out to the mall to get her some virgin slims. But not before. Leslie flashes Brennan as enticement for him to make it a quick trip. A-plus boobs, by the way. <laughs> yep. Can't complain. This is it's it's pretty good nudity in this movie. Yeah, it's not gratuitous. No. I oh. mean, it is, but I, <laughs> I mean that that moment there is like yeah, the most gratuitous. I, I would also say that Barbara Crampton did her need to face the camera while taking her shirt off <laughs> with, with the pepperoni thing. Yeah, with that's pepperoni. true. Yeah, that's yeah. that is very gratuitous. Yeah, very attractive women in the movie. Yeah, even the ones that didn't get naked. Uh, who the the uh, the automotive couple, right? They she doesn't get naked. She gets down to her underwear, right? And Kelly Maroney doesn't either. She's right. always fully yeah, she's, clothed. Yeah, she's the nerd. Yep. Yeah, nerds don't get naked ever. No. That's why she survives. That's right. Thanks, Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, modesty is the key to survival in horror movies. Mm-hmm. So Brennan heads out and finds a cigarette machine because it's the '80s. And while he's dicking around with it, one of the protector robots approaches and asks for identification. Brennan shows it his badge, and then the protector bot flails its arms and approaches Brennan, apparently finding his badge insufficient identification. Brennan tries to escape through a door, but it's locked, so the protector bot shoots him with a trank dart and then grabs him by the neck. Then Leslie heads out to look for Brennan. Meanwhile, Susie and Greg are still going at it, as Ferdy and Allison are still on the couch talking. Leslie goes to the cigarette machine and literally stumbles over Brennan's body. As she tries to shake him awake and curses him out, she realizes that his throat has been cut and he's dead. And the protector bot comes out of the door and chases Leslie, shooting lasers at her. She tries to make it to the store, but the bot blows her head off in one of the best head explosion scenes that doesn't take place in scanners. It's an excellent head explosion. (laughs) It's great. All the other kids are witnesses to this as blood covers the windows of the furniture store. And then two protector bots just bust the fuck into the furniture store, shooting the place up with lasers, destroying everything in their path. The scene probably goes on for way too long, and some shots might be used more than once. I I did, I I know this is a very low-budget film, but it it was kind of awkward to see how the, but I am glad that the robots shot lasers from their their visor. Mm -hmm. Like, that's cool, but it looks really bad. It's not a good effect. It aged very poorly. Yeah. And when and I guess the director's telling them, all right, you got hit because they'll just like jump awkwardly a little bit. (laughs) The kids managed to lock themselves in the stock room just as security doors locked them inside the mall for the night. Now they're stuck in there until 6 a.m. The protector bots start trying to break through the doors using some plastic explosives in the locks. The group find an air vent and start pushing the girls through to get to the other side. As the group pushes the last girl up the vent, the bots break through, and the guys run off as the girls head through the air vent. As the girls crawl through, they realize the computers have turned on the heat, and they're trying to sweat the girls out. Also, the surface of the vent is now starting to warm up. Susie starts to freak out. The guys manage to make it into the mall and head to Peck and Paul's sporting goods store to load up on some firepower. I call that moment uh, her heel turn. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I don't I've never been in a mall that had a sporting goods store that sold guns, but you know between this and Dawn of the Dead, it had to be a thing, right? Yeah, and also they probably wouldn't sell them right in the front of the store. <laughs> yeah. Where just a random kid could just come by. Oh look, Boom. guns! <laughs> right. I'm a cowboy. Blows yeah. his parents away. <laughs> yeah. I I I would assume it's it's hunting purposes, obviously. Um, sure. But I don't. Of the guns they pick up, like picking up the shotgun is fine, but the revolver or whatever the hell Purdy picks up, um, along with, I think the other guy picks up a, a automatic he picks rifle. Up an a, he picks yeah, up like he an AK. Up, yeah, I think it's like an AR-15 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, if one of them would have picked up a hunting rifle along with the shotgun, I could have excused the pistol or revolver being in there, but it just looked like they, were, they had a very set thing, like, okay, the pistol is going to be come back around later to be a reference to something. And um, this other guy's going to reference Rambo. What guns does Rambo use? Oh, he uses his big machine gun. So, yep. of course, that's what he's going to have, you know. And you got to have a shotgun in a horror movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's easily the best gun to have in a and, horror movie. And yeah. they went the next step and gave him the, was that a bandolier or whatever it's called, with the bullet strap? around yeah it's pretty badass i believe it the proper term is shells shells i'm sorry yeah the shotgun shells right yeah 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 Yeah, it's it's pretty cool i think you get i think what they were going for was just a wide array of weapons essentially like it's it's it would be cool to have just like all shotguns but i think it's nicer to have a little bit of a variety sure and it winds up not mattering at all. No, these <laughs> things are bulletproof. <laughs> they're bulletproof. And these guys never seem to figure that out. It, it's a, like RoboCop, right? Yeah. They, they just shoot the shit out of RoboCop <laughs> and nothing, everything's just pinging off of him. Like, oh, well, maybe if we shoot him another hundred times, it'll go through. <laughs> so they strap some guns in a gas can and go robot hunting. Guys, find one. Fire some shots to get the bot's attention, and one of them comes rolling around to the noise, and the guys start shooting at the bot, which trades some laser fire at them. Ferdy rolls a gas can at its wheels, and they blow it up, and one protector bot is seemingly now destroyed. Susie continues to freak out and says Greg needs her, so she kicks out one of the vent grates to climb out of the vent, and the other two girls follow her. They wind up in a hardware store, and while Allison and Linda think it's a bad idea, they decide to arm themselves with a few things around the store. One of the protector bots decides to take a nap in the corner. Meanwhile, the girls start making Molotov cocktails with the gasoline cans and load up on road flares. And then the destroyed, quote-unquote, bot wakes back up and straightens itself out again. Meanwhile, the guys rig the elevator with gas cans. As the girls go to try and find the guys, the sleeping robot wakes back up and starts chasing them. My, my favorite part about the elevator thing is he runs over and starts hitting the button, and he goes, Damn it! I knew the computer would take over the elevator. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so Susie freaks out again while Allison throws Molotov cocktails at the bot, but it rolls right through the fire unaffected. The girls run, but Susie gets hit in the calf by a laser and is incapacitated. As the girls quote unquote try to come to her aid, the bot shoot, bot shoots lasers at them, forcing them to take cover. And shoots the gas can in Susie's hand, and she catches fire and dies. This is a tough one to watch because she is so helpless, and then yeah. she just catches fire and slowly dies. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a long agonizing death. Yeah, eh. Barbara Crampton deserved more. Deserved better. <laughs> she deserved a head explosion. Yeah, right. But uh, it could be worse. Like you could be the you could be the boyfriend who just takes a swan dive <laughs> off of the third third floor of the, of the mall. 
That's pretty bad. Or the guy that tries to ram it with a slow-moving car. I, I wrote down <laughs> the most useless death in horror history. Oh, my what God. What was that? We'll get to it, yeah. Oh, but robot Rick, blood. <laughs> Rick goes out like a bitch. <laughs> it's so bad. It, it just... It, it, We'll get to it, but it reminds me of a, a different scene in a movie. But yeah, we'll we'll get it's oh so stupid. So the guys come and Greg starts unloading his shotgun and the bot to no effect, and then the group runs upstairs. One of the bots goes into the elevator to go upstairs, and Rick hops onto the roof to set the gas cans and jumps off. The rest of the group then shoots wildly at the cans, but can't hit any of them until Allison grabs a gun and shoots it in one shot because her dad was a marine. I don't know if that makes any sense, right? I mean, he probably showed her. It was probably an abuse of household, I guess. And he was like, you're going to learn how to shoot a gun. (laughs) It's like, I hate in movies how that like always corresponds. Like, oh, my dad was this. So automatically I'm awesome at it. It's like, all right, well, my dad was car salesman. It doesn't mean I could go into a dealership tomorrow and sell you that that old beat up hunk of junk. Dan, you got to get into the family business. (laughs) Sell me this fucking car now. (laughs) Okay, just don't hit me. (laughs) If I don't don't sell the car, I get beat. Yeah. Yeah, and this was the whole point of Ferdy getting a revolver pistol thing. Yeah. So they could have this moment where she could do the slow targeting, you know, to show that she was a professional. This is like the same exact thing that happens in Skyscraper, right? Yeah. Uh, Anna Nicole Smith's husband takes her shooting, and she has to think back to that time where he took her shooting, and and they (laughs) fucked to let us know that she knows how to fire a gun. (laughs) But doesn't in this flashback in that movie doesn't she say that her dad was a marine or something like that, and she was already good? I feel like that happens in that movie too. (laughs) You know how long ago that was? That was like four years ago. Uh, That was like episode. Two of this of this show. Yeah. We, we we did Land of the Lost. 2018. Yeah, Land of the Lost. Then I, I think, think we, we did. I Fantastic think we did Four. Fantastic Four. Yeah. And then Skyscraper. Yep. Oh God, what a blast from the past. But yeah, <laughs> that, that does sound about right. Yeah. The group retreats to the restaurant, and Linda, for some reason, decides to do the calculations on the damage they've caused at the mall, as if they wouldn't get a nice settlement if they were to survive all of this. Thank you! (laughs) Yeah! It's like, we'd be in Hawk for 85 years. Like, no, sweetheart, it's the other way around. Yeah. (laughs) The the mall is going to owe you a substantial (laughs) amount of money. That wrongful death suits for so many people. Yeah, that, that company is going under so fast. Oh, yeah. These are the first and last protector bots that will ever be made. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, so like, they're, they're probably hoping that they say that, oh, we, we owe you guys. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Why don't you sign on this here and says that we you owe us, not the other <laughs> way around. Secure, secure Tronics Unlimited is not long for this world. Let's just say that. Okay. It's just, and she figures out how many toes it's going to cost. And, and then it, another bad line that this movie, the one problem with it is there's really no good like catchphrases, right? Because she's like, oh, that we have to do 21,000. 800 like however many toes and he goes maybe we'll have to start hiring like making our rates higher 
That sucks. <laughs> such a bad catchphrase. We'll have to raise our rates. That's what he says. Yeah. Right? We have to raise our rates. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> there is one quality line in this movie, and we'll get to that. It's not there. It's not here yet. So Greg starts getting into it with the girls, asking why they didn't stay in the air shaft and why they didn't just force Susie to stay there. And Ferdy gets an idea to get to the master computer on the third level. So Greg starts losing it over the loss of Susie, starts running around the mall to get to the third floor. As he gets to the top of the escalator, he turns to look at the rest of the group to tell them to hurry up. And then one of the bots comes up from behind, grabs him, and tosses him over the railing to his death. (laughs) Then that bot chases after them. Then the one from the first floor comes up to the other escalator. They both start shooting at them until the group has to sneak under a shuttered door to a department store. The group tries to block the door as best they can. They make a move to the third floor via the escalator inside the department store. Meanwhile, the bots are trying to get to the third floor from the mall escalators. Allison suggests that they should split up in order to increase their chances of getting to the control room. Ferdy tells her that's insane. And then Linda yells at Ferdy, then apologizes, telling him, I guess I'm just not used to being chased around the mall in the middle of the night by killer robots, which is the quote of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it just sums up the movie perfectly. Yeah. I, um, I did love how it, it's so adorable how the killer robots take the escalator up. <laughs> Yeah. It's like because I was thinking, like, how are they gonna get around? Everything shut down. Oh, that's right. They, I guess, they control everything now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just so cute to see them. Just like you see the little visor head just pop up. <laughs> I love their flailing arms. Where they're just like, <laughs> 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 the, the, yeah, it's like a, it's like a Muppet. Yeah. <laughs> they try to make themselves look bigger. <laughs> like, like they're trying to scare off a bear. Uh. <laughs> they're, the, the killer robots are more afraid of you than you are of them. <laughs> uh, one of the robots tries to solder its way into the shutter as the group attempts to rest. After a while, they hear the, bro- the bot break through the door, and Allison has an idea on how to create a diversion. So the group line up a bunch of mannequins to hide behind as they shoot at the bot, The bot, confused, shoots at the mannequins, and the group also unveils mirrors, which I guess the lasers bounce off of and come back and hit the bot, frying its circuits. The group runs off as the bot starts spinning crazily, shooting its laser all over the place. For some reason, Rook decides to stay behind and shoot at the bot, which up until this point has had zero effect. This decision causes Linda to stop and shout for Rick, and is then struck in the chest by an errant laser killing her. Upset... Rick decides to jump on a slow-moving cart of sorts and runs into the bot as he shoots an AK at it, then gets electrocuted by the bot as it malfunctions. Then Rick dies and the bot blows up, destroyed. This is the silliest death of the whole movie. So pointless. Easily avoidable. Yeah, this reminded me of the scene in Austin Powers where he's Mm -hmm. on the steamroller. Uh Uh-huh. And the, and the henchman's like, stop! Because, and the, the, the camera pans out, and he's like a football field away from him. Yeah. And he's just slowly, slowly going towards him. That, what a terrible anticlimactic way to avenge your your wife. Yeah. Like, like he could have just ran at it. Right. I was just going to say, <laughs> why not just run at the damn thing? What, what are you going to do with this little golf cart? Yeah. It goes a maximum of two miles an hour. <laughs> it's like uh, one of those, uh, those scooters that fat people have to drive. Right. <laughs> Jesus. It's, oh, like, if I were the actor, 
I would have protested that. Like, I, no, come on, man, don't kill me that way. <laughs> there's gotta be, there's gotta be a cooler way for me to go out. My wife just died. I'm not gonna like ram into it. Right. Like, right. Like he should like that. So that bot in this movie, that's the end of this bot. So he should have been like, he should have just like went berserk on it right should yeah. go full rage right barbarian right. style rip off its head or something like that and then he gets electrocuted yeah. while he's doing that and sure and, and then it blows up yeah kamikaze that shit you know take a molotov yeah. cocktail and just run right into the damn thing yeah go out in a blaze of glory man <laughs> well i mean in his defense he did try to kamikaze it with, with the slowest moving vehicle <laughs> he could find it's just so <laughs> pathetic it's just like it hits the robot dink and it just <laughs> falls <laughs> off of it. Oh man, it's I I felt so so bad for that guy. <laughs> oh man, that's how you go out in a horror movie. That's that's awful. <laughs> it's it's like one of the top ten worst deaths in a horror movie. It's got to be. Yeah, definitely. And it's so avoidable. There's yeah. no reason why he should stay behind it in 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 the first place just to shoot at it because we've already established these things are bulletproof. Right. You should be running with the rest of your group. Yeah, I trying trying to be the hero. Mm-hmm. So we are down to our last two survivors, Allison and Ferdy, finally split up to go look for the computer. They both wind up in the administrative administrative parts of the mall, walking down eerily quiet hallways. Allison eventually makes it to some sort of storage room, and the bot sneaks up on her and starts approaching her with those hilarious little arms flailing. She screams, which has Ferdy come running. He makes it to her and manages to shoot the bot in the laser, causing it to malfunction. It gives chase to Ferdy, and they wind up back outside the mall. Outside in the mall, Ferdy unloads the gun in the butt into the bot, and then in one last ditch effort, throws the gun and then a fire extinguisher at it. The bot picks up the extinguisher and then fires it back at Ferdy. He hits the ground hard, and the back of his head is bleeding, presumably dead. The bot chases then chases after Allison, and she winds up in a pet store. She hides under some shelves as the bot comes in. The bot searches for her, knocking over terrariums filled with snakes and tarantulas, which wind up crawling all over Allison. I was I. I was pretty sure it wasn't going to happen, but I was going to turn this movie off if any of those dogs got got hurt. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I thought I, I did think an animal was going to get hurt there because yeah. they that, those are real snakes, spiders and everything yeah. there is real. I think for the most part they are. There are points where like there are tarantulas that do not seem to be moving as they crawl on her. Uh, yeah, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think for the wide shots, they yeah. were real. Yeah, but uh I think they I were was... nice to Kelly Maroney, and they were like, "All right, yeah, we'll get some fake ones." <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we get you got to get the real, you know, the real feel for it. That's what's that's what separates Jim Wynorski from uh, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> just throwing tarantulas <laughs> on your leading actress and just like causing psycho irreparable psychological damage. <laughs> that's what the greats do: Hitchcock, Kubrick. You know, <laughs> you want to play with the big boys, man. You got to emotionally scar young women. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's it's a hell of a performance, right, guys? Right, gang? Come on. Can't deny it. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, I mean, you hate to say the ends justify the means, but... Right. It, it's, it, it is, it's really, obviously, it's shitty what was done to some of these actresses. But holy shit, man, these movies. <laughs> these are, like, some of the best horror movie moments are done because of this and it's like yeah it could have been done probably could have been done better yeah. but that's just how it, it was i guess mm-hmm. yeah. still shitty though yeah, absolutely yeah don't yeah i don't want people to think like is he like 
advocating for uh, for psychological abuse? I'm not. No, there are better ways to get these performances. God damn, the Shelley Duvall not giving an excellent performance in The Shining. Yeah, just again, <laughs> it's a top ten. Yeah. Pure terror, and it's actual terror. Yep. Yeah. So the bot searches for her, knocking over terrarians with snakes. She remains quiet, and the bot moves on into the mall. When the coast is clear, Allison starts to come out of the pet store, but a cat jumps from out of nowhere, causing her to scream, and the bot backtracks towards her direction, causing a chase again. As the bot searches for her, Allison hangs off the side of the railing out of view. Eventually, as it's searching for her, her body strength gives way, and she falls all the way to the first floor, landing on a tent, and a bunch of luggage breaks her fall. She then smashes her whole body her whole body through the plate glass window of the paint store and starts dumping paint and paint remover all over the ground. She calls for the robot to come to her and then hides. As it breaks through the glass, that wheel starts to spin into the paint and paint remover. And Allison lights the flare she keeps and throws into the paint store, which then explodes and the bot is destroyed. As Allison picks herself up off the ground and walks off, Ferdy calls out to her and they embrace. And that's the end, except for an end credit freeze frame ending. As one of the bots says, thank you, have a nice day. And that's the end of Chopping Mall. What a movie. What a picture. One, one thing, I'm upset that there wasn't a whole lot of chopping movie. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I was just going to say no chopping, zero out of ten. Yeah, false <laughs> advertising. Yeah. What a picture. A lot of fun, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, again, this is a definitely, it's not going to be for everybody. That's for, mm. for damn sure. But it's a lot of fun. It's so campy, if, and if that's your kind of movie, I mean, Chopping Mall is it's top tier camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could use more chopping. That's I think how all of us will uh, make this movie better. More yeah. chopping, more Dick Miller. Yeah, I, I was really hoping Dick Miller would kind of accidentally stumble upon the teens, quote unquote teens, because no way any of them are teenagers. <laughs> The 80s. And so, yeah, I, I was kind of hoping he would be one of the, the last survivors. And then he kind of gives himself, he, he sacrifices himself. Yeah. Uh, I wanted the fat guy who who talks about ha- wanting more butter, wanted him to to die. I thought some of the other janitors could have died as well, like the, the really shitty janitors who are making mm-hmm. fun of Dick Miller. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it. But it's, it's so self-contained. It tells, like you said, it's definitely a... Um, it's a simple story, killer robots and teenagers banging. And then, you know, that's a recipe for success. Yeah. Can't can't deny that recipe. Yeah. I I got nothing else. Hey, you guys uh you guys want to plug your Wait, is Angus Scrim is in this movie? Now who's Doc, Dr. Carrington? Who but who is that? Angus Scrim is the tall man from Phantasm. Is he? Yeah. I don't remember who Dr. Carrington is. Was he one of the the guys who like watches the robots? Is he one of the watchmen? I don't think so. No. What was he? Was he Technician Nestler, right? No, I'm sorry, I'm looking at someone no. else. That's Garrett Graham. Technician Marty and Technician Nestler. Nestler. But there's Dr. Carrington. I wonder if he's in the beginning. Uh is he the one giving the the pre- presentation? What's doc, uh, that's Dr. Simon. I wonder if he's one of like the people that asks a question. Oh yeah, that could be it. Because he, they, they ask some pretty, pretty dumb questions. I, I, the, the one question I love is like, how do we know that guy in, in the video is not dead? Uh, he's not. Just take our word for it. 
like he was... also it's a it's um it's a movie of sorts <laughs> right i just i just love like, like the guy they, there's no answer for it the the doctor doesn't really give an answer he's like yeah no he's just incapacitated oh okay i just take your word for it i guess <laughs> uh yeah uh you guys want to plug your shit i think we're done yeah i'm i'm good here um at the aquino 122 mm-hmm. is my personal twitter account could uh, also follow our real play D podcast stranger damies at stranger damies on twitter uh just we talk D movies anything like that and you can get the updated schedule for when the uh when the podcast drops so uh go check that out all right yeah so um stranger damies as dan mentions airs every other wednesday so be sure to check it out um, anywhere you get your podcast, be sure to like and leave a review. Um, we also have the Game Vault podcast. Um, the uh, airs every other Monday, um, and you can find that on all podcast services. We're on all socials at Game Vault Pod. Um, we also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod, um, where we stream about four to five nights a week. You know, variety gamers, we some RPGs, some first-person shooters, um, a co-op game. You know, uh, just do a whole bunch. Just go to the Twitter feed and you'll be able to keep up with our schedule there. And, um, yeah, be sure to come check it out. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, including our YouTube channel as well uh, for that. And if you have Prime Gaming, um, feel free to send your free uh, Twitch subscription over to us. We'd greatly appreciate it. Okay, great. And we are They Called Some Movie. You could find us on Spreaker just by searching They Called Some Movie. We're also available on all podcast streaming apps. Just search for They Called Some Movie. We are the mainnaming.com. That's our main website. You can find articles and these shows there. You could also find us on all socials just by searching the main damies. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just look for the main damie and we will pop right up. We are also proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, surely there's something there for you. We're on TikTok at They Call This Movie. Just search for They Call This Movie on TikTok and we will show up there. You got a question for us? You want to hit us up with a movie recommendation? You could find us. You could send us an email at themaindamey at gmail.com. And uh, if you've got some time, if you really want to help us out, if you like the show, please go on to your podcast streaming app of choice. Give us a five-star review. Tell us we suck as long as you give us those five stars. It doesn't really matter. And that's about it. That's going to wrap us up this week. The director of Chopping Mall was Jim Wynorski. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Jim Wynorski, well, you certainly made a movie. 